You're listening to a Centro Church podcast. This morning, we're going to continue our equipped series. And Pastor Catherine and Pastor Mark are talked about being equipped with a message and equipped with gifts. And I hope you feel more equipped. And I hope you know that you can be equipped. Right in our foundational scripture in 2 Timothy 3.17, it says, Through the word we are put together and shaped up for the tasks God has for us. This verse speaks to two main thoughts. Right, the first thought is that God has tasks for us. Right, we have a calling on our life. You have a calling on your life. You have a mission in your life. There's things that God needs you for. And the second thing is that we're equipped through God's Word, right? It says, through God's Word, we are put together and shaped up. Or another translation says, thoroughly equipped. So we can find what we need in the Bible. And we're talking about the tools that God has given us to achieve our calling, right? Because we've got that calling on our life. And so I want to ask you a question this morning. And it's a simple question, but it's also quite a complicated question. The question is, who are you? Who are you? And and if we went around the room and we asked everyone who they were, there would be many different answers, right? Someone might say, well, I'm an electrician, or I'm a nurse, or someone might say, I'm a father, I'm a mother, or someone might say, I'm a soccer player, or Dirk might say, I'm a guitar player, right? Who are you is a complicated question at times because there's many different aspects in our life that can define who we are, right? And there's actually a couple different ways in which we find our identity. And I want you to look at the screen behind me. There's going to be a diagram up there. And as you can see, there's past to future, there's other and self. And these are some ways that we actually find our identity, So the first one, from past to self, is remembered identity. And this is simply the culmination of remembered events in your life that have helped you form a sense of self, right? So how do you know who you are? Well, you have memories of who you are. So for example, when I was younger in high school, I played tennis. And uh, I remember that I lost a lot. Uh, I didn't win. And so now I think I'm a bad tennis player, right? Because I have memories of being defeated, which has shaped my identity, right? And the next one, between past and other, is reflected identity. And this is other people's remembrances of events in your past that they remind you of, sometimes often, right? (laughs) Who knows if you've got a spouse... They like to remind you um, of the things that you've done wrong in the past, right? Or maybe a brother or a sister, right? You know, maybe you've heard that you're a bad listener, right? You're a bad listener. And so now, because someone told you that from an experience they had, you now think, well, I'm a bad listener, right? And then in future and other, we see programmed identity. And this is a result of other people telling you who you are or who you will become in the future. And and a lot of this programmed identity that we find within ourselves is generally from our parents or those people that are most constant and consistent in our life. Uh, Because they're there, right? 
And maybe as you grew up, they would tell you, you know, you're really smart or you're a really good sportsman or, you know, you're really good at this, right? And they constantly and consistently said that over you and that formed an identity within you. But in the same regard, they could also say on the negative uh, act, you know, aspect, they could say, oh, you're really smart, but you have no mechanical skills, right? You don't know anything about cars or something like that. So you're like, okay, cool, you know, I'm smart, but I don't have any mechanical skills. And then you grow up and you get a car and then your car breaks down and you have no idea what you're doing because you have no mechanical skills, right? And that reinforces that identity within you. And so that's a programmed identity that now is reinforced. And it doesn't have to be just parents. It can be other family members. It can be friends as well that are programming you. It can also be the media, right? The media is seeking to to program your identity and to program what you think about yourself. And all of these things are trying to shape your identity, right? And the last one, the final one, is future and self, and it's called created identity. And this is the identity we decide to create for ourselves. And there's a quote that says, it's like everyone tells a story about themselves inside their own head, always, all the time. That story makes you what you are. We build ourselves out of that story. Who knows that we're constantly having thoughts about ourselves, right? We're having thoughts about who we are and and our identity. And and Proverbs 23 verse 7 actually says it plainly. It says, as someone thinks within himself, so he is. As someone thinks within himself, so he is. I need you to understand this morning the power of your thoughts. Your thoughts are so powerful. They can create a new identity within you. What you think on, so you are. That's what that verse said, right? And so you need to understand the power of your thoughts. And you need to be able to protect your thoughts. And you need to be able to align your thoughts. This study uh, behind me was a secular study, of course. So it didn't bring, you know, God into it or anything like that. But I would actually put forward to you that you don't necessarily create a new identity, but actually discover your true identity. You actually discover your true identity. And we see our true identity found in John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. It says this, But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. This is our identity as children of God, as sons and as daughters of God. And the rebirth is us finding our new identity. That's what it is. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. That's something to celebrate, church. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. You're a new creation. And this morning, I want to talk to you about the fact that we are equipped with a new identity. We are equipped with a new identity. And this is a tool in our belt that we're able to use 
in our life. And so the first step to being equipped with a new identity is to receive your new identity. The first step is receiving your new identity. In, in, in John, which we read before, it said to all who believe him and accepted him. All we have to do is believe Jesus is who he says he was and accept him as our personal Lord and Saviour. And I know many of us in the room have done that. But maybe you're here and you haven't. Maybe you're here and you haven't accepted Jesus. You haven't believed in him. I want to give you the opportunity at at the end of my message today to do so. And it's the greatest decision you'll ever make to believe in Jesus, who he said he was, which he was the son of God. He died for your sins and he was resurrected so that you could be saved, right? And the amazing thing about your new identity is you don't have to achieve it. You don't have to strive for it. You don't have to work for it. You only have to receive it. You don't have to achieve it. You just have to receive it, right? And and it's the great thing about the free gift that is given to us. And just like we talked about the remembered identity earlier, the the memories that we have about ourselves, we need to remember what Christ did for us on the cross and allow that to shape our identity today. We need to remember what Christ did on the cross. You know, we take communion regularly and we do that to remember what Christ did on the cross. And there's a number of reasons we do that, but I believe one of them is to remind us of who we are. It's to remind us that we're sons and we're daughters of God. And so maybe you're here and you're asking yourself, why do I even want to be a child of God? Or maybe, you know, you've been a Christian for a long time and you be like, oh, I haven't really thought about that. Like, it's just what you do. But why do we want to be children of God? Well, because when you're a child of God, when you're a son or a daughter of God, there is no barrier between you and Him. There's no barrier between you and your heavenly Father. You have unfettered access to the Father through Jesus. And so we can commune with God. We can communicate with God. We can have a closeness with God, right? And now we can freely receive from God. We can freely receive. We can go to Him and we can receive His peace, His mercy, His blessings, His love, His joy, His power, right? We can receive the new identity that He gives us. And so why should we want to be sons and daughters of God? Because that is who we are. That's our true identity. And when you live life as who you are, your life will be abundant in joy, in hope and blessings. And no matter what circumstance life throws at you, and I'm sure there's lots of people in the room that maybe currently you're going through something or you've certainly been through something in life that's challenging and difficult. But no matter what life throws at you, you can turn to your heavenly Father. And He will be there for you. You have access to Him and He loves you so deeply. Right? For God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. All we have to do is receive. We just have to receive the new identity. Receive your new identity as a son or a daughter of God.
And after we've done that, the second step to being equipped with a new identity is to strengthen your new identity, is to strengthen your new identity. You know, don't turn around, but uh, Zach at the sound desk, um, he gets confused with me a lot. Or people confuse Zach, if you know Zach Donikowski, he, he kind of looks similar to me, we have a similar build, and, uh, and so some people will confuse us and call, you know, call me Zach or call Zach Johnny, and, uh, and you know, so I think like if, if Zach took my ID, he could probably, you know, get away with pretending to be me, right? He could probably, you know, steal my identity pretty easily, right? But... I know Zach wouldn't do that. He's a good guy. Um, so that's great that he's not going to do that. But there are people that do steal people's identity. There's identity thieves out there. And it's a global issue. It's a global issue. And I hope you've never experienced that. But Because it's terrible. And one of the things that they're doing is they're actually creating false identities or stealing people's identities. And, and they're putting in false tax returns to receive people's tax refunds. So they're stealing people's tax refunds. And the government has paid out millions of dollars, your money, have paid out millions of dollars of your money to these identity thieves, right? And so these people are stealing people's money. That's not very good, right? But did you know that there's an even more evil and sinister thief trying to steal your identity. And his name is Satan. His name is the enemy. And he wants to steal your true identity of who God created you to be. He wants to take it away from you. He wants to hide your true identity. He wants to diminish your true identity. He wants to confuse your true identity. These are the things that he's trying to do You don't understand that at every moment, there's an unseen spiritual battle taking place for your identity. And so this battle is going on, but I do want you to understand this. I want you to understand that Satan is nowhere near as powerful as God. Nowhere near. He's got nothing. And so he's not as powerful. And so all that Satan can do is he can try and distort He can try and pervert. He can try and destroy all of the amazing, great things that God has created. And He does. He does try to do that. We see it with money. We see it with sex. We see it with power. We see it with family. Right? We see it with identity. The enemy is trying to distort and destroy these things. And there's a number of things that Satan tries to used to confuse your identity. He uses hurt and pain and trauma. If Satan can get you angry or bitter or ashamed about something that's happened to you or through you or by you even, then he can confuse your identity. Right? There's things in our life that happen to us or maybe the sins that we keep going back to And Satan wants to use that to tell you that's who you are, that you're defined by that sin. But that is not the case. See, sometimes we forget we are a new creation. The old life is gone. The new life is here. 
which means that you are forgiven. It means that you are made righteous. It means that when God looks at you, He sees perfection because He's looking through Jesus and He sees that. And so we can't let our old life hold us back. We can't let the enemy get a foothold by using these things to distort our identity, by using trauma and pain. You are forgiven and also you have access to healing. You have access to healing in Jesus' Name. If there's things that you need healing for, if there's hurt and pain in your past, don't allow that to define who you are, but instead give it to Jesus and receive that healing. Satan also uses the opinions of others, right? We see the reflected identity like we were talking about before. Unfortunately, people lie all the time. Right? They lie about who you are. And it can even be people close to you. And they say things about you that just aren't true. But the enemy will try and use those things to distort your identity. He also uses culture and media. Right? The programmed identity that we were talking about before. Media has an agenda. And and it's trying to distort your identity. And if you're sitting there and you're watching and you're allowing fear to creep in and you're allowing confusion to creep in and you're allowing all these things to creep in, then it's going to distort your identity about who you are. And so you need to be careful. What are you allowing to program your life? What is programming your life? Is it media? Is it, um, you know, other people's opinions? Is it all these kind of things or is it God's Word? Right? Is it what God says about you? Is that programming your life? Are, are people, are your friends in the room building you up? Right? Is that what is programming you? Right? We need to surround ourselves with people that are going to build your identity as a son or a daughter of God. I saw this thing that said, you need these four types of people in your life. You need a coach. You need a mentor, you need a friend, and you need a cheerleader. And I thought, how can we apply that to our context here? Well, I see a coach as like a connect leader, right? And if you're not in a connect group, I would encourage you to get in one. Our connect leaders are awesome. We love our connect leaders. They do such a fantastic job. And if you're in a connect, you would know that, right? And a number of us are. But it's so important that we have that coach in our life. That person that's training us, that person that's teaching us, that person has, that person that's showing us the way, that's showing us where to go and is building up our identity, right? I'm a big believer in mentors. I believe we need to get around people who are more mature than us, who are further along in the journey so that they can speak into our lives. They can bring influence there and they can show us the way. Right, and again, build up our identity as a son or a daughter. I believe we need friends. And a friend isn't someone that's just fun to hang out with. Right, a friend is someone who's got your best interest at heart. And your best interest is stepping into that calling that God has got for your life. Right, is, is reaffirming and encouraging your identity as a son or a daughter. Is seeing you forgiven, is seeing you receive healing, is seeing you full of joy, full of peace. 
and you need a cheerleader. And what a cheerleader is, is someone that knows your visions and your goals. You've told them, you've actually told them, this is what I'm going for. And they're there to cheer you along the way, right? And they're there to make sure they just can continue to encourage you and build you up in that. And I think those four areas are so important. And we can find those areas in a connect group, right? We can find friendships in a connect group. The truth is half an hour after the church service isn't going to cut it. That's not how you build friendships. You need to get around them during the week. You need to be calling them during the week. These kind of things, that's how you build friendships, right? And Satan also tries to put thoughts in your mind. Tries to tell you you're not good enough. You're worthless. You're a failure. You'll never amount to anything. And he'll try and even use the the things you say about yourself. Right, which is some of those same things. And you need to remember your thoughts are so powerful. Your thoughts are so powerful. And you need to submit them to Christ. It's this created identity with our thoughts. And so what we need to do is we need to align our thoughts with God's Word. We need to align our thoughts with God's Word. So a thought comes in. You'll never amount to anything. Okay, let me check what God... Word says about that. Well, God's Word says that He has a plan and a purpose for my life. It's a plan for good and not for evil. It's a plan to prosper me and not to harm me. So no, that doesn't align with God's Word. So I'm going to get it out of my mind. Right? You're worthless. No, the Bible says that I'm valuable, that I'm loved. That needs to get out of my head. Right? These thoughts need to submit and align with God's Word. And so that's why it's so important that we're in our Word, that we're reading our Bible so that we can understand what God says about who we are and so that we can align whatever thoughts we have with God's Word. And if anything doesn't align, we need to get rid of it. We need to get it out of our minds because it's so powerful and it can create an identity within you. We need to remember the old self is gone. And as we do all of these things, we are strengthening our new identity. You are strengthening your new identity. Remember that you are forgiven. You are forgiven. So even if you fail, right, even if you sin, you are forgiven. Come back to God, repent and turn to Him and say, thank you, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for what I did. And recognise that you are forgiven. And you have access to healing. If there's pain and hurt, I believe even this morning that God wants to heal some people from that pain and from that hurt. And you need to surround yourself with believers. You need to surround yourself with people that are going to build up your identity in God, right? And you need to align every thought with God's Word. And the final way, as the band joins me, to being equipped with a new identity is to activate your new identity, is to activate your new identity. 1 Peter 2.9 says this, But you are not like that, for you are chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. How amazing is that? As a result, you can show others the goodness of God 
that He called you out of the darkness into His wonderful light. Once you receive that new identity, every believer is a royal priest. And we are called to show others the goodness of God. That's what we're called to do. A priest is called to represent God to man, right? And so we need to show others the goodness of God wherever we are. And Acts 26, 18 puts it like this, to open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Then they will receive forgiveness for their sins and be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. You need to know you're set apart this morning. You need to know that you're a royal priest. And we are called, right? Our foundational Scripture tells us that there's tasks for us to do. And God has placed you in a position to be influential. He has placed you in a position to share the goodness of God with people in your workplace with people in your school, with people in your university, with people in the shops that you always go to, to the park that you take the kids to. We need to activate our new identity. It's not just for us. You need to understand that there's a purpose, there's a calling, and God wants you to share this new identity with others so that they can receive it, so that they can recognise that they are a son and a daughter of God, so they can have that access to the Father to receive that healing, to receive the joy, the peace, the love. And so we are equipped with a new identity. And all we have to do is receive it. We just receive the new identity by saying yes to Him, by believing in Him, by accepting Him as our Lord and Saviour. We need to strengthen our identity. The enemy is going to do everything in his limited power to try and stop you, to try and confuse your identity, to try and destroy your identity. But you need to understand that your God is bigger. You need to understand that there's things that you can do to ensure that you're strengthening your new identity. And so it doesn't fall under the pressure. You need to remember you're forgiven. Remember the cross. Remember what Jesus did. Remember that there's healing available to you. You need to surround yourself with people that are gonna build you up, that are gonna encourage you in your identity. You need to align every thought that comes into your head with God's Word and get rid of the ones that don't align and get them out of there because it's so powerful what you think about and we need to activate our new identity. I want to see a church activate. Thank you for listening to this podcast.